This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. We're going to be talking about something that is significant um, in the life of a Christian. Talking about something that is very significant in the life of the Christian. We're going to be talking about activating your spiritual gifts. Activating your spiritual gifts. So you want to know how, well, maybe you've questioned whether or not uh, God has given you uh, specific gifts um, of the Spirit. And you want to know how to utilize them how to access them, and how to use them. These are common questions uh, generally in the uh, charismatic and uh, Pentecostal churches. Um, Now, when we're looking, first of all, uh, at spiritual gifts, we have to look at what the Bible says about gifts, about these spiritual gifts. Now, understanding that... um, when you received the Holy Ghost, God imparted specific gifts to you. The Bible says that uh, every good gift comes from the Father of lights or from God. So every gift uh, that you have comes from God. Every spiritual gift that you have, you were not born with it. It didn't come you, you, you don't receive certain specific spiritual gifts until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ uh, that dwells inside of mankind. So understanding that it starts with the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us every time that somebody received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they spoke in other tongues. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gives the utterance. So the Spirit is what is the initial sign of receiving the Holy Ghost will always be talking in tongues. That's biblical. You're not going to get away from that. There will be those who will say that the Uh, Holy Ghost was only for the 120 in the upper room. Unfortunately, it's that can't be true because the Bible says, and on the day of Pentecost, they said the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off. So that means that extended beyond uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost extends beyond the initial 120 that received it. Um, And then, you know, I mean, even if you have when uh, Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully common. These men are not drunk, as ye suppose, but they're being filled with the Spirit of God. And he goes and he starts preaching. And the, then all of them say, what must we do? To, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And so he goes through the list. And then he goes and says, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And mentions that the promise is to everybody, that's a, even those that are far off. Um, so that's not just Jews, that's not just Gentiles, that's everybody. Uh, that's you, that's me, that's that's everybody. Then there is a, a doctrine, um, which I think is typically in, in um, uh, Baptist churches, where they believe that the spiritual gifts, just God no longer operates um, supernaturally uh, in 
within the realms of uh, through uh, apostles, prophets, uh, teachers, preachers, etc. Um, they believe that it just doesn't exist. That it was that that the Holy Ghost. Uh, a lot of people believe that you receive the Holy Ghost when you believe. Unfortunately, if that were true, Paul would not have asked some of John's disciples that he had met when he asked them he said have you received have you received the holy ghost since you believe and they questioned they said we have not heard that there be any holy ghost um and then paul says well then how were you baptized and then they said um they were baptized into john's baptism the baptism of repentance okay well then you start looking at it completely and holy you can understand that first of all this is this gives us precedence for rebaptism uh, if you have not been baptized correctly now i want to clarify something um, if you're american you're baptized in jesus name if you're hebrew or you're jewish it would be okay to be baptized in that language in that nation if you're spanish uh, or something of the sort and you you speak spanish uh, you would get baptized in the name uh, of Jesus. That's that's just it, it, the name translates into different uh, communities, um, different uh, areas of, of living, different cultures. The name Jesus for Americans, for us, we speak English. That's that's just that's our native tongue, and so that's why we would be baptized in Jesus' name. I think that it's clear and, and important to get uh, that out of the way. First, and understand that you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, because there's none under the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. I'm going to tackle that on a different broadcast. We'll we'll talk about that um, in a few a few weeks. Um, we'll talk about what the Bible says about salvation. Um, or receiving uh, salvation. Um, there's a lot There's a lot that you have to compile and you have to put together. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Uh, you know, so you've, you've got to be willing to search it out. You've got to search the scriptures. You've got to find what the Bible says in its entirety. You, you, it's, it's, you can't pick a verse here and pick a verse there. You've got to take it entirely in its entirety. You, you can't select just a bit here and say, Okay, this is and you, you and the problem is is that's what we've seen in this world, and it comes in the, the same thing has happened, uh, where these doctrines are, are created from one verse and not looking at the entirety, first of all, uh, the panoramic view of scripture, but also understanding that the it, there's a harmony to the word of God, it's it does not. Uh, uh, contradict itself. There's no contradictions in the Word of God. It's not there. They don't exist. If they do, it's because your interpretation or your understanding of the context is incorrect. The Word of God does not at all hinder uh, or contradict itself. So when it works together, line upon line, precept upon precept. And so what happens is people will read one verse or one portion of Scripture and they say, this is this is what I believe. This is my doctrine. And then what happens because they do that? 
they end up missing out on some of the greatest things that God has for them. Spiritual gifts. They believe that they just don't exist. This is what we call would call the doctrine of cessation. It's completely ceased. doesn't exist. Uh, not a thing anymore. But here's the deal. The Bible clearly tells us that when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're endued with power. You receive power uh, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, Obviously, it's the Spirit of God that dwells inside of mankind. So the things that Jesus did, he said, these greater things will you do when you are uh, receive power. You're endued with uh, power from on high. Um, and then on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting, cloven tongues like as of fire, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, when you understand that God has specific gifts, spiritual gifts that you receive when you get the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, that is the first key to activating spiritual gifts in your life. You're a Christian. You want to know, uh, you want to have wisdom and you want to have knowledge. You want to have understanding and you want to get to a place where, where uh, God can use you mighty and miraculously you know, and you can do, you can see healings happen. And, and here's the thing. A lot of people that uh, operate um, in these spiritual gifts, the problem isn't uh, necessarily um, that, that, that people, there are people who, who are showy about it. And I just don't, I just don't find in scripture where that that's appropriate. And so they end up, uh, making a name for themselves instead of allowing the spiritual gifts that you have to direct people to Christ. And they put the attention on themselves. And what happens um, is they uh, typically people that do this sort of thing will fall into some type of great sin, um, some type of moral sin. Uh, they, they'll, they'll fall away uh, from the church. They'll walk away from um, biblical principles. Uh, and so, well, here's the thing. The Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. And so that's why sometimes people uh, who are not quite uh, right in their life um, can be used by God. God is not a respecter of persons. Obviously, if for a long period of time you want to be used by God, it comes with a sacrifice and a commitment that you absolutely have to take a, a part in. You have to be willing to say, not my will, but thine be done. Everything that I do must fall in line with Scripture. Absolutely has to fall in line with Scripture. It, it, God is not going to give you a word and, and that, that contradicts the word of God, the written word of God. God won't do it. It doesn't happen. It's, 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 it's it, God... Uh, does things decently in order. He's a God of order. Everything that he does is decent and in order. Everything that he does is good. Everything that God creates is good. See, God is perfect. God is love. And God in his perfection loved you enough to give you the ability. You are made in the image of God and he given mankind the ability through his spirit to work in the supernatural realm, to do things that uh, are just are not natural. They, it doesn't make sense. 
There are times when if you'll allow the Holy Ghost to lead you, if so if you're being led by the Spirit and you're allowing God, the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So when God is leading you and guiding you, you get put into some pretty uncomfortable situations. Sometimes God will put you somewhere and say, hey, I want you to pray for this person. And when you pray for them, they're healed. Think about that. Would you allow God to put you in that situation? And so then we come to this place. You want to activate your spiritual gifts. It's going to come with, with boldness. You've got to be willing to stand in the face of uh, naysayers, of opposition, of, of all these different things that you might face in life, even your own discouragement. Here's the thing. You're not always going to get it right 100% of the time. You'll know when you're operating in the spirit or when you're operating in the Holy Ghost. If you're operating uh, in your flesh and you're just saying, well, this is what I, this, this is what I can do. I know it. And, and and when you operate that way, you're going to fall flat. But when you are fully reliant on the Spirit of God, that's when the miraculous unfolds. That's when the incredible things happen. That's when God shows you things and tells you things that, that just you, there's no way that you could naturally know or understand. That's when you talk about these word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You know, you're talking about the gift of healing. You're talking about the uh, uh, interpretation of tongues. You're talking about the uh, gift of tongues. And the, the gift of tongues is separate from the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Okay. You can talk in tongues and not have an interpretation. That's a biblically sound. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you, that is biblical. And if you would allow yourself, your thinking to be transformed, that you're no longer questioning what God can do, and you're no longer questioning if God can use you. Listen, God can use a donkey, use the donkey to talk to Balaam. Okay? He said, if you don't worship me, the stones will cry out. He can use inanimate objects to fulfill his will or to do what, what he has called you to do if you don't allow him to utilize you. So here's the thing. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you've done. Your past is irrelevant to God. If you have your mind in your face and you're, you're set as a flint and you know that you're going to go forward with God, if you would allow yourself to walk forward, in the word of God, in the precepts and the law and the principles of the word of God, and you are fully surrendered to the will of God, and you say, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I don't care. And here's the thing, inconveniences. I don't care how inconvenient it gets for me. I don't care how 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 uh, messed up my own personal schedule ends up being. Awareness and obedience are critical in operating and activating your spiritual gifts. If you want God to use you, you've got to be available. You've got to be willing to put your uh, your natural schedule aside. And so this is why a lot of our churches, why we're not seeing these incredible things happen. You're not... You're not setting aside specific time uh, for prayer. You're not setting aside specific time uh, to for concentrated 
praise and worship the Bible. So you want you want God to move. You want to see a move of God in your church. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits. He 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 lives in. He he works through the praises of his people. That means that you have to be willing to commit to looking foolish. I've prayed for people and I I thought I was just I looked so dumb. I said this is this is ridiculous. This is impossible. There's no way that this person is going to receive what you've told me to tell them. There's and and here's the thing. I've been wrong every time. And it may look silly and it may sound foolish, but here's the thing. That's the way God operates. God likes taking the underdog, taking the person who is at the lowest of the low and elevating them because of their commitment to him because of their sacrifice and their willingness to put everything else on the back burner and to say, God, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go. So, so you've got to be available. You've got to be available. You want to activate spiritual gifts, commit to one day of fasting a week. That means no meals. This is not, we're not talking about fasting, social media, fasting, all these other things. Push back the plate. Because what that does is that puts you in a position where you're not keeping your flesh on the throne and you're allowing God and the word of God to be your substance, your sustenance, and your strength. And you get your renewed strength through the word of God. And and that is the bread of life. And when you start digging into the word of God, the bread of life, I promise you, your life will change. God will take you places in the spirit that, that some people will never be. Because these are some principles that they're not willing to do. So push the plate back. Commit weekly to one day of fasting. And in in incorporation with your fasting, spend at least an hour a day in prayer. Seeking the will of God. Asking God for vision. Asking God for direction. Asking God to use you. And then when you do that, be available. That's how you're going to activate your spiritual gifts. And so the Bible says that when you receive the Holy Ghost, that that God gives uh, gifts uh, severally as he, each individual, severally as he will, as he desires, as he pleases. So there are some people who can operate in, in what seems to be different spiritual gifts. Now, when you know that and you realize, pardon me, I'm going to drink some water real quick. And so when you've committed your life to Christ completely, wholly, you're withholding nothing. You're you're not allowing anything to hinder what God has for you. You're not allowing anything to stop you from obeying the word of God. Not friendships, not work, not, 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 not family. Don't get me wrong. You need to, you need tend to your family to your family unit that's prayer that's that's uh, supporting for I'm by no means trying to say that you should quit your job that you shouldn't take care of your family to operate in the spirit I think that God honors when a man or a woman supplies and supports for their family and is there and God blesses that because that is the family unit that God created man woman children and so when you separate, yourself from the natural 
and you allow God to take you to new heights in the spirit, the things that you cared about in your flesh seem so insignificant because of the incredible things that God allows you to experience when you've been surrendered to his will, when you are surrendered to the spirit of God and you're being led and you're allowing God to direct your steps and your path. You see, that the critical thing is that you couple your relationship with God in prayer and Bible reading with the way that you operate, the way that you live in your life today. That means every single day, every single thing that you do on a day-to-day basis, how does it align with the Word of God? How does it align with Scripture? And so when you understand that everything that happens supernaturally is never because of you and always because of him, humility, to operate in the spirit, to activate your spiritual gifts, you have to have a level of humility because if you don't, pride rises up in you and pride goes before the fall. And then you make a bad name for not only the the kingdom of God, but you turn people away from these incredible gifts that God wants to give us. And and so I I said a statement a bit earlier in the broadcast. I said that you're not going to be 100% right 100% of the time. Because you're trying to discern what God is telling you. And you're trying to figure out, uh, it's like a muscle and you've got to work it. You're, it it's, it's, you're operating in faith and you're operating uh, trying to discern and understand what God is trying to say to you. So that way you can then in turn share what God has given you with a specific individual, uh, with a specific church in a specific moment. So uh, a lot of my life, I, I, I really, I like doing the will of God. I, I like doing things. I like helping people, teaching Bible studies, helping people uh, be born again, coming to Christ uh, through the word of God. And I've always loved that. And I've always liked helping new converts. And, you know, I, I'd be wearing a tie. They'd like to tie. Oh, well, here you go. It's yours. And and that's and that's fine and that's great and I think we should do that, uh, you know. But one time, well, let me talk first about about being sensitive to the spirit, being sensitive to what God has for you. I was traveling to Walmart at night. Uh, my wife had asked me to go pick her up some ice cream. And that's a pretty carnal thing. Uh, she was pregnant. She wanted some ice cream, and so I said. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Mama wants some ice cream, so I'm going to go get her some ice cream. And I went, I was on my way, and God spoke to me and told me, I saw someone walking on the side of the road, told me to pick them up. I questioned it, and I waited, and I kept driving, and I felt it again. You better turn around, pick him up. So I turned around and picked the gentleman up, and we had, I mean, for, for, for months we had Bible studies together. For months, God made that connection. And there are people all in your life that God wants to connect you with if you'd be sensitive and you'd allow him. And you would stop letting your schedule dictate your life. 
there was another time when I was uh, I was uh, an assistant manager at McDonald's and we were I was in, in a training period. This was actually recently. This was right before uh, my youngest daughter was born. And I was working at McDonald's and I had had been having these conversations with the, the guy who delivered the truck. I was there at uh, four o'clock in the morning taking care of the truck. Um, putting it away in the freezer and the in the fridges and taking care of all the product and but before I would take care of the truck I would have conversations with the truck driver you know he he didn't seem to to know a whole lot about uh, about the bible about uh he didn't seem to have a relationship with Jesus and and we would get talking and the more that I talked to him the more in my conversations with him, God started helping him to open up and share more of, of where he was at life and, and what his desires were in life. And, and here's the thing I said, I said, have you, have you ever heard of the Holy ghost? We're talking, I'm in the, in the, in the back of a McDonald's at like Five o'clock in the morning talking to this guy. And I'm taking care of a lot of the boxes. He's just been hanging around. We've just been talking and I hope he didn't get in trouble for staying so long. But but we were just having a great, great time in the Lord. We we're having these some incredible conversations. And, and I asked him if he had the Holy Ghost. And he said, I've never heard of that. What, what's that? And I said, Well, that's the that's when the Spirit of God is moving on you and, and he he's he he comes into your heart, into you your your being and then so you have this intimate relationship with Christ he received the holy ghost there in the back of a mcdonald's in the middle of the morning and the, the this this shouldn't this should be the norm this shouldn't be the exception to the rule i'm telling you this should be the norm i'm talking at 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 the grocery store, at the local Walmart, in the hospitals. I mean, we, we have power with God. God gave you the power to become the sons of God or the daughters of God. Okay, God, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you were born again. You were born again into a new kingdom. You were born again into new authority. You were born again receiving the original authority that mankind had and so you can rebuke devils. You can help people receive healing by being a conduit, by allowing God to move through you, move through your life, and be. And so I promise you, that is how you're going to activate your spiritual gifts. There's so much more for you than just sitting on a pew on Sunday morning and Wednesday afternoon. There's so much more. You're not a pew warmer. You're not a cheerleader. It's great to go to church and have a good time and worship God. And here's the problem. We have this mob mentality where one person will be worshiping, genuinely worshiping and, and, and dancing and praising and singing and clapping and shouting. And while I do believe that that's a spirit of worship that can be contagious, I'm concerned that too many people are operating that way for show because they're doing it. I have to do it. And you're not doing it from the heart, from the humility of understanding your insignificance 
in the face and in the power and in the glory of God. He didn't have to save you. He didn't have to use you. He loves you. And he wants other people to experience what you've experienced. And so he has given you gifts and tools. He's given you his spirit. He's given you the word of God, which then you can in turn use as a testimony to be a blessing to others. And that is critical. That is critical to activating your spiritual gifts. Submission to God, submission to authority, humility, humility, understanding that you are insignificant, that you are not worthy, but God loved you enough that he was willing to make a sacrifice on your behalf so that way he could save you because he loves you. Being committed, completely surrendered, sold out, you want to activate your spiritual gifts, Commit to those spiritual disciplines of Bible reading, of fasting, of prayer, of church attendance, even when it's inconvenient. Because guess what? If you're not going to let church inconvenience you, why in the world would you let the will of God inconvenience you? God wants to take you places. That, that you can't even comprehend. He wants to use you in ways that, and I, I feel like somebody that's watching this feels like God has been dealing with you about some things that he wants you to do. Maybe you've received a promise. Maybe you've received a dream. I don't know. One of the, one of the two things. And so because when you received that revelation of what God has for you or has in store for you, You've, you've allowed the adversary to tell you that you're not worthy, that it will never happen. And here's the thing. You don't have to be worthy for God to use you. And I've said it before. God is not looking for worthy vessels. He's looking for willing vessels. He's looking for someone who's willing to say, I believe what you promised me. Because here's the thing. The promises of God are yea and amen. That's what the Bible says. They're yea and amen. They're yes they're yes, they're in agreement, they don't change, they're everlasting. When God makes a promise to you, it's from everlasting to everlasting. It's from eternity to eternity. It doesn't disappear with time. It's always there and always available. God is just waiting for you to believe his word and to walk it out. God has given you a word. He's given you a promise or a vision. You know what he wants you to do. And here's the thing. We sit on it. We sit on the promise and we say, well, I have to, I have to hear, I have to hear this. And this person has to tell me that. And I have to know this and I have to know that. And I just have to have all the pieces together before I can, before I can walk in this direction that I know God wants me to go. This is your word. This is the word for you. Do it today. And if you're concerned or you're questioning it, I promise you go on an extended fast. Push the plate back. Extended more than a day, more than three days. Go on a week. Go on a two-week fast. I don't know. But if you're questioning the will of God, that's what you need to do. And God's going to answer 
your prayer. He's going to answer your sacrifice. And he's going to, you won't, there'll be no reason to question it because you'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you heard the voice of God speaking to you saying, this is my will. This is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. And you'll just know because you've put yourself and you've put your flesh in a position where you're no longer using this. Operating in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And all three of those are, are Bible verses. They're in your, in your Bible. So remember that and walk it out. Allow God to direct your path and your steps. Allow God to activate those spiritual gifts in your life through your submission, your faithfulness, and your obedience to the Word of God. I promise you, I I'm telling you, somebody's really, really, somebody's really fighting this right now. Somebody's really fighting what God has for you. I'll close with that. I'll close with that. Don't be a hindrance to the will of God for your life. Don't allow your, your the adversary to speak thoughts into your mind that hinder the will of God in your life. God has a plan for you. And you've said it's been too long. It's it, I just I haven't seen the fruit of it. I just don't know if it's going to happen. You heard from God. Stop questioning it and walk it out. Stop questioning if you heard the voice of God and walk it out. Let God be true and every man a liar. As long as what you heard aligns with the word of God, I promise you it was God. Activate those spiritual gifts. Walk it out. Humility. Humility. Surrender, obedience. You want to be spirit-led? Be spirit-filled first, and then you'll be spirit-led. Be surrendered to the will of God, and God will direct your steps. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you, who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.